0: Today's going to be fun. I want you to prepare and get your heart ready. Um, I really believe that God wants to unlock something in you. And sometimes he unlocks it in your seat. I don't think you're going to find what you're looking for in your seat today. I think you're going to find what you're looking for at this altar today. And uh, sometimes we have to take a step to move forward. Amen. And so today... Uh, We're still in our theme, Supernatural Expansion, and God is still at work doing a deep, deep work inside of you, inside of me, inside of us as a community. That rhymed. That was really cool. And uh, so turn with me to Joshua 6, 1 to 5, and uh, if we've been on this journey together of uh, crossing um, and preparing and crossing the Jordan River and into our promised land and into the the expansion that God has for us. In Joshua 6, 1 to 5, it says this on the screens where you can pull out your physical Bibles, or your iPhones and everything else put away. Um, but uh Joshua 6:1 says this. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Everybody say straight in. Straight in. Poke your neighbor and say, that's you. Come on, we're going straight in. Today I want, to, I want to talk from the subject of praise your way forward. Praise your way forward. Charles, I might need your help today. Praise your way forward. You know what I'm saying, Charles? Praise your way forward. If we're going to see expansion, I believe it starts with praise in Jesus' name. So Father, Lord, pull this community into a new threshold. In Jesus' name, pull the body into a new place. Shift the dynamics of this, of every heart in this place. Prepare us to step in to the next in Jesus mighty name and everybody said Amen. and everybody said Amen. all right this side this side over here and everybody said Amen. come on come on and this side in the middle everybody said oh, a little bit louder than all y'all uh, over here everybody said Okay, just it just kept increasing. That's okay. That's, that's good. That's good. Okay, I'm telling you, please. Uh, if you got dance shoes, strap them on. Get ready. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, God has been unlocking something in, in, in me this morning. I was literally, I, I, I literally felt opposition this morning like I, I haven't felt before. I wake up at 4:15, 4:30 every Sunday morning, and uh, in preparation, and prayer, and uh, th- this morning I w- woke up and I just couldn't, I couldn't. My eyes wouldn't work. I literally was getting frustrated. I was getting angry. I'm like tripping over words. I I, I couldn't understand what I wrote. And I'm like, why did I even write that story? And I'm like, going on, what's God? What are you doing? And I had to put a praise song on. I had to literally put a Phil Wickham song called House of the Lord. You know, I've got joy in the Lord. You You know that song? There's joy in the house of the Lord today. I don't even really have a voice. I need to hold it. But there was this, there was this praise. So I was really good. And uh, I'm literally going, God, you're unlocking something. There is, there is something. So if you felt opposition to, uh, to getting to, to church, get ready. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find it in your seat. You're going to find it at the altar today. And so, because when we think of praise, typically believers think of the fast song that I can clap my hands to. We think of the song that we can jump to, you know, the song that we can, we can uh, get down. Rewinds. if you were part of the 80s, raise your hand if you were part of the church in the 80s. All right, do you guys remember the Pentecostal two-step? Who would like Pastor Rick to show us the Pentecostal two-step? Can you do it? this, this, this? can you do it? No, you're not going to do it? Come on, man. Maybe we need to bring the Pentecostal two-step back. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. He healed my body. On the stage, he took my soul. He saved me. Oh! Well done, son. Well done. But praise is much more than that. You gotta understand. There is something that has seared my soul that makes me cry out loud, that makes me scream in this microphone, that makes me yell when I'm down on the ground. When you praise, it can turn any situation around. You need to understand this. There is praise induced victories from Genesis to Revelation. 2 Chronicles 2020 talks about a a praise induced victory of Jehoshaphat when he's faced against the, the vastness army, an enemy against him, but he says, God has told us we're victorious. And prepare the musicians and the singers and declare the song, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Imagine holding your sword. You're in a a bit, a bit of a torment and fear. You're about to hit the battlefield. And all of a sudden you hear this sound that's rising up that says, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And all of a sudden the praises of our God sets an ambush against the enemy and they took the field victorious. We all know in Acts 16 about Paul and Silas, this victorious moment when they rose up in praise, although chained, and all of a sudden the ground shook and the prison doors opened and the, the bonds were unfashioned. We know in Joshua 6 here that at the seventh time when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. We know that in the Bible, from top to bottom, every situation, praise will always precede your victory. Praise will precede the victory of this nation. Praise has the power to unlock the chains of the enemy and catalystly put us into the future. Andrew Womack, an incredible minister in Colorado Springs, but uh, his son died a few years ago, was dead for five hours. And instead of just calling all his family members and saying, my son has graduated, they stood in the room and they began to praise God. They begin to shout to God. They begin to lift up a sound for five hours, 300 minutes. And all of a sudden, on the 300th minute, breath came back to his body. He was raised from the dead with a sound of praise. You see, we can raise this nation from the, the, the grave with a sound of praise. We can bring forth the move of God. We can advance what God is doing. This kind of chain-breaking, dead-raising praise... Even this bottle of water wants nothing to do with it in Jesus' name. i are supposed to go off the stage just, instead of just kind of went over there. But praise in the Bible is a command. Everybody say command. So God has commanded you to praise. Did you realize the glory is too heavy for you to carry? You can't carry the glory of your promotion. You can't carry the glory of your social media followers. You can't carry the glory that God wants to bestow upon you. You need Jesus to carry it. That's why he has commanded us to praise. Psalm 134 1-3 to says this, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. And so we are trying to teach this house that the word command is one of your best friends. The word command has a promise attached to it. So whenever Jesus commands us, it's like a a basketball player, I love basketball. But when you receive the basketball, you have an opportunity to pivot. You can pivot your way to get past your opponent to ultimately score, to ultimately win. In the same way, God has commanded you and I to praise him, and so we can pivot our way into victory. We can pivot our way into seeing the walls come down and the earth shaken around us and God's freedom ushered in. Come on, somebody. Uh, Your praise brings God into the scene. This praise that breaks chains, that makes devil, devils uh, frightened and flee, this, this praise that breaks generational curses, it's, it's different than worship. Praise is the praise, the praise that God's looking for is the praise that, that you're about to jump over your seat, that you're about to jump out of your seat and come down to the front, You're this praise that's about to sweat yourself out of your shirt, that, I mean, this, this, this praise that is so frightening that you the person to your right or left might leave this service. This, this praise that sends a sound into the atmosphere that lets all of heaven know that something is taking place in Loveland, Colorado. There's a praise that is not determined by circumstance. This sort of praise doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And some of us has, has, have entered into it, and some of us are, are curious. And today, for the curious ones, this is your day. This is your moment. You want anxiety to be, to, to, to be shaken off? You want depression to be shaken off? It's like a beam me up Scotty moment when you praise Jesus and you come into a place where you just shake off the things of this world and you step into the freedom in which Christ purchased for us. Come on, can I get a praise somebody? See, the praise that doesn't make sense is because your sound doesn't mirror your circumstance. And see, praise is usually reserved... For what we are viscerally connected to. Everybody say viscerally. viscerally. And you're like, Pastor Aaron, please teach me. What is the definition of viscerally? Well, I will tell you the definition of viscerally. It's a deep feeling, an emotional reaction, rather than reason or thought. So you can be viscerally connected. We're in a, we're in a nation that's viscerally connected to sports. Right? Okay football fans raise your hand if you're a football fan raise your hand if you're a denver bronco fan raise your hand don't raise your hand if you're a kansas city fan anyways in 1997 monday night football the philadelphia eagles got destroyed fist fights broke out in the entire stadium Could you imagine people that are viscerally connected to a sport heightened by alcohol, fist fights are breaking out. All of a sudden, the next day, they said, we got to do something about it. So they built a jail and a courthouse underneath the stadium. So during the game, they can deal with unruly fans. In soccer, raise your hand if you're a soccer fan. Didn't didn't know? Yep. (laughs) Check the screens out. Look at the response when England wins. like they are viscerally connected to that sport who remembers Michael Jackson the pop star so check this out he's just standing on stage he's not doing anything he's not doing anything but yet check out the visceral connection happening in the crowd he's about to move his head watch he's about to take off his glasses oh my goodness alright thank you oh you've been there trust me you've been there all of you guys have been there in some way, shape, or form. I'm, I've never been there, not with the Denver Broncos, I've never been there. But see, this response, this deep feeling, this emotional response, and this action is connected to your soul. When you have a visceral connection, your soul has been seared by a deep feeling, an emotional reaction that, that surpasses reason or thought when something connects with your soul you cannot be quiet that's why David said my soul will magnify the Lord my soul will magnify the Lord. Beck and I in the Philippines, remember that village we ministered to? So there was a, a tuk-tuk. It's like a motorcycle. that had, was trying to carry this big old trailer, and it was wrong. He should have never done that, but we're all in the trailer. And he, he crashes the trailer, so we almost died, but we made it to the village and the church. And, uh, I mean, it was hot. It was hotter than a desert sun in Africa. I'm telling you, it was just hot, hot. And we had a... Uh, an um, electric drum kit that barely worked. We had a bass amp that was, uh, you know, uh, the speaker was s- spliced, but it it worked. And my, my electric guitar was plugged into the system, and every microphone zapped us. And we're we're leading worship that night, and there was one light on us here, and one light on us, and there was spotlights that you can get from, uh, you know, the uh, Lowe's and stuff. And and now we're just literally we're worshiping God. And some of the biggest flying bugs would fly. And I literally, when I started to do the altar call, I had twenty to thirty bugs. I'd literally grab a flying beetle off my Head and throw it off as I'm giving the altar call. But I'm telling you, there was a visceral connection with the encounter of Jesus that night where hundreds got saved. Hundreds responded with a praise party at the end. It was something that could not be manufactured, but something had seared the soul of the Filipino people out in the villages, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, outside of Manila, and something took place that caused a physical expression. Praise demands a physical expression. Shouts and the walls will come down. David danced undignified. Miriam, when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, she set an offering to God and began to dance. Even the holy festivals of God, the, the feasts of the Lord that they call them, and the, and the Jewish, they call them hogs. Hogs, H-A-G, which means ultimately means the dance of the circles. It's incredible. The dance of the circles. We're partaking in a dance. And see, the devil understands the power of your Your praise your hands might be bound your feet might be bound but your mouth can never be silenced your mouth can never never stop from shouting the praises of God and devil that has suppressed God's people from truly expressing this gift of praise to God I for one have decided to become a fool for Christ a fool for Christ because I know the power of praise in my life Matthew 1 3 The Gospel of Matthew in chapter one, check this out. Most of us pass by the genealogy of Jesus. We just kind of breeze past it and try to get to the the meteor stuff. But in Matthew 1, 3, it says these three words, Judah begot Perez judah begot perez so in other words what is this word if you do a a name study the name judah equals praise the name begot equals give birth the name perez equals breakthrough so in other words praise gives birth to breakthrough in jesus name God is enthroned on the praises of a people. So, in other words, my praise, your praise, not just your neighbor's praise. It might spill on you. You might get a little bit of the inhabits of, of God's praises on that person. But you want God to be enthroned in your praises. And what does that mean? Is I will sit a chair, a throne for God, right in this room, for Him to come and partake in the praises of God. Psalm twenty-two, three says this: "Yet you are holy. The praises Israel gives you." You are your throne. So God's throne on this earth is the praises of his people. You and I would never sit down on a chair that was missing a leg, right? We would never sit down on a chair that's missing a leg. Some Christians give God a chair that's missing a leg. Your praise is an invitation for God to come into our situation. So if God is enthroned in your praises, who's enthroned in your complaining? The Old Testament if we want to break it down, complaining in- invites the demonic. you got to understand this. We're complaining, uh, complaining to the devil is what praise is to God. So in other words, if you looked in the scriptures, Israel complained and all of a sudden snakes came out and bit them. Snakes represent the devil, the demonic. So complaining attracts these heavy spirits attracts these depressive spirits but when you praise god you set up a chair for him to sit on and when the spirit of the lord is in a room what comes with him the freedom of heaven we have to understand this. And the priests of God, back in the day, when they would carry the Ark of the, the Covenant, when they would carry the presence of God, they would carry it on their shoulders. The Israelites would. And then all of a sudden, the Philistines stole it and brought it, and they, they built a cart and started to pull it with oxen and tried to manufacture it in a man's way to carry the presence of God. And so when the Israelites got it back, they thought, you know, we're just going to try to perfect this and keep this going. So we'll try to do this, but all of a sudden, we all know the story, right? The, the presence of God is on the cart, pulled by the oxen they hit a bump. It falls off. Uza, Uza tries to catch it and uh, is dead on the spot. Because God did not intend for praise to remain on this platform. He intended for praise to remain on your shoulders. <clears throat> you are the kings and the priests of God's praises that you are called to expand what God is doing and we must praise our way forward praise our way into God's destiny and for this nation for our lives we are at a precipice we are at a crunch time it's vital we must understand not just the power of worship but understand the power of praise amen and I look at the life of David I look at the life of David and I see just a a warrior, I see a king, but I see someone that knew how to praise in every season of life. And the first season of life that we need to learn to praise God is in the fields. Write this down. Learn to praise God in the fields. Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are known as the shepherd psalms. And if you think about what David did in the fields, it was training ground. So in other words, the fields represent training grounds. And the good thing is, no matter where you are in life, no matter how long you are on in this journey, or you just started this journey, you never graduate from training seasons. God always has a greater promotion for you. God always has a greater assignment for you. But here in the fields, it's, it's, it feels like mundane duties. It feels like ordinary duties. It feels like, the, you know, why, why am I still cleaning up the, the sheep dung? Why am I still doing the administration when someone else should be doing that? Man, can we just give an applause for all the administrators in the house? <laughs> Y'all are amazing. I think Jesus loves you more and has a greater mansion for the administrators on this planet in Jesus' name. Pastor Rick told a story at DNA yesterday, um, which is really cool. The DNA class, the discipleship class, and the Holy Spirit baptism class are just going off. And everybody at the Holy Spirit baptism class got baptized in the Holy Spirit and received their gift of tongues. Incredible. Pastor Rick was just telling the story when he first came to church and first came to serve on a Sunday. Uh, It was, you know, he was probably expecting that, you know, he was gonna find some great task to do, but uh, someone clogged the toilets and so we handed him a plunger instead of a microphone. And we said, we need to do this. But the reality is, is that in the fields, it's the ordinary season of life that we need to learn to pivot our praise. We need to learn to pivot our praise when we're doing the dishes. Pivot our praise when we're, we're constantly still stacking boxes on shelves at the, at the warehouse. We gotta pivot our praise and realize that God's about to call our name out of the fields and into our destiny. See, Elisha was doing the ordinary. He was doing the, the plowing of the grounds, plowing of the soil in the hot sun. The oxen were, were carrying it forward. He was doing the everyday mundane duties, but he had no clue that Elijah was about to call his name and call him into destiny. He had a new clue, but his response is what we need to see. His response was that he broke down the plow, he broke it down, he put it on the altar, he killed the oxen, he put it on the altar, and he created a moment of offering of praise unto God. You don't know when your time is gonna come, you don't know when your season's gonna shift, you don't know what God has in store for you because his command is leading you to a promise, and you gotta lead your season with the command of praise, lead your season, not complaining of what happened in the midterm elections, not complaining what's happening in our nation, but begin to praise God for what he's about to do, that he's shifting things, he's maneuvering things, and the greatest treasure on this planet is a human soul, and he's about to release the greatest awakening, the greatest revival, but we have to learn to praise God in the fields. You don't see it but you have faith. If you have faith, he's got faithfulness. He knows your name. He knew David's name. Praise literally summon David into his next season. Praise prepares and protects our hearts. You need to understand this. When you talk about guarding your heart, man, have a praise party every morning. Man, there was something about, I had that song, House of the Lord by Phil Wickamon for literally the last two days just Back to back, back to back, back to back. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I'm, I'm literally dancing in my room this morning. Just dancing, just going, man, God, you're going to unleash something in people's lives and hearts, a revelation that's going to sear the soul, create a visceral connection that's going to cre- demand a physical expression, a response to look upon and gaze upon the goodness and the beauty and the wonder of our Lord. The praise protects our hearts there's so many things right now from elections to recession to inflation I mean you go to the restaurants we could be praying for restaurants they have to raise their prices and it's just crazy You got to be praying uh, for so many industries right now and and the thing is this if you allow the world it, it's like it, it will it will collapse your heart like the water will overtake it's like the Titanic didn't sink right it didn't sink because of how much water was in the ocean it sank because it let that water in in the same way, we can let the water in our hearts, that brokenness in our hearts, that trauma in our hearts, that frustration, disappointment, discouragement in our hearts, and it can cripple us and sink us. But God's saying, come on, we have to praise our way forward in this season. Number two is this, learn to praise God in the wilderness. The wilderness represents training and trials. You might be in a trial right now, but David learned to praise God uh, in the comfort, of the comfort of the fields, but he also learned to praise God in the cave. What is the cave? A cave is dark. It's uncertain. You know that out there, there's opposition. Everyone wanted to take David's life. King Saul wanted him non-existent. See, we've got to be a church that learns to praise God in the dark. We've got to be a church that when the world gets darker, we get louder. When the world gets darker, we get louder. the world come on when the world comes against us our hallelujah cannot be stolen the joy can't be stolen Man, we're praising God for the goodness. And what offends the devil, I love this, because I love destroying the works of the devil. What offends the devil in your life is when you get the nerve to praise him despite of your sickness in your body. That you get the nerve to praise him despite you're still walking with a limp from the war that you went through in 2021. That the nerve that you are praising God, no matter what it looks like, even if you frighten your neighbor, out of the doors. But see, it's called faith praise without sight. Do you know what it costs someone to praise God blind? I remember when I used to laugh and mock people that would just be undignified before God. But then I remember Jesus speaking to me just saying, you don't know the process of life that they've went through to get to that point. The sense of learning to praise God. There was a missionary. In China, named Rosa Smith. She contracted smallpox. This is a true story. Uh, she faced dire natural circumstances. No vaccine, no cure, no hope of survival. She didn't beg God. She didn't pray and hope he would just do something. She didn't start a prayer chain. In faith, she got in her prayer closet and she asked him, what do you want me to do? And God responded, praise me. Praise me for my faithfulness to my word. Praise me for my faithfulness to my word. And then he showed her this vision of this empty basket, this large empty basket, and had this label, praise, on it. And he says, you praise me, and as soon as that basket begins to overflow with with my praise, your body will be healed. And so she began to she Then sings my soul. My Savior God to Thee. And the doctors were like, what's this sound coming from the room? I gotta go check this out. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. The doctor's like, come on. Hey, wait, wait, Rosa, stop. Stop. You're getting delusional. You're on your deathbed. Just be quiet and rest. Then sings my soul my savior god to thee come on rosa please just pipe it down girl come on even if you're healed you're gonna be disfigured then sings my soul my savior god to thee and how great And all of a sudden God goes look look Rosa look look at the basket it's overflowing and the peace of God comes over her the peace of God comes over her and she falls asleep and she wakes up the next morning completely healed and she says this word the people in that time and she says this word to you there's no impossible situation that praise will forever be your cure praise will precede your victory no matter what the enemy comes at us with no matter what no matter what the enemy comes at us with you might be in a wilderness season and right now you need to learn to praise god you might need to learn come on start filling that basket start filling that basket in your marriage start filling that basket with your son or daughter that's gone prodigal start filling that basket with your with your with your cousin on meth start filling that basket with the hopelessness and the brokenness come on praise is the cure number three is this learn to praise god in the courts if i could have the band out that'd be awesome learn to praise god in the courts What a timely scripture for Thanksgiving coming up this week. Psalm 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. David is now coming from the field, from the cave, now stepping into destiny. He's about to be crowned. The fulfillment of the prophetic word. The anointing is about to be established. And he could have easily just sat on a chair receiving the praise. Everybody's waving all the palm trees, throwing flowers. You know, he's got, he's got a Mountain Dew, he's got a pumpkin spice latte, he's set, he's, he's on the way on the streets of Jerusalem, but what does he do in this moment? He rips off his clothes down to a towel around his waist and begins to dance and praise to God undignified. Let me tell you, as soon as you reach your court season, there's always going to be someone that's going to reject you. His wife, Michal, is looking on the streets and despise is rising in her heart. She's despising this display, this expression of praise. Let us never be the believer that despises an expression of overflow praise, an expression of someone yelling in the service, an expression of someone weeping and wailing in the service, an expression of someone dancing before God. We've got to learn how to praise God in the courts, even in your comforts. Praise will cripple that comfortable, lazy back chair that we love to cruise into. We love to pick up the remote of the, of the of the past, but God is saying, put the remote down, get out of the chair, and begin to learn how to praise me in your success. Learn how to praise me when your marriage is going good. Learn how to praise me when you got what you want in life. You bought the house. You own the car. God has done incredible things in your life. Learn how to praise me because David didn't learn how to praise him and he slumbered. What I love is this. In Judges 7, it says that Gideon and 300 went war begin to praise him and the praises of god begin to bring confusion to the enemy's camp do you know that depression is not to be with us depression is meant to be put back on the devil our inheritance is peace so when you praise him when you praise him it confuses the heck out of him When you praise him in a two-mile radius, we're saying, devil, you can take this back. You can take the anxiety back, depression back, sickness back, the brokenness back. You can take the hopelessness back. I want what God has to offer, and I'm going to praise until I break through. It was in New Mexico, and uh, beautiful youth conference in 1999 and uh, stage was set, we were leading worship, Thursday night was, Thursday night was pretty good, day one, Friday, Friday night was, Friday was pretty good, Friday night was oh, yeah, okay, Saturday, Saturday night, you know when the conference just escalates and increases and uh, we're there and I, I just noticed there's a group of about four or five young men, about 13, 14 years old up the back they weren't they weren't involved in any of the worship praise they're up the back talking during the service Uh, they didn't they didn't involve themselves in any of the events during the week and uh, they're up the back and last night and i just felt my spirit during worship to put my guitar down and go up the back and invite this specific boy up to the front so i could pray for him i felt like i had a word for him so i put my guitar down i go back i I grab this young man i put my hand out and i said would you would you come down the front I, i feel like god has a word for you right now looks at me astonished and says yeah sure he grabs my hand come down to the front man a few people gather around him and we start prophesying over him we start prophesying over him we start breaking the brokenness, the the, the despair, the hopelessness from divorce and and just a shattered family life and just we started declaring God's goodness over him and all of a sudden uh, tears started to well up in his eyes and they they overflowed and bursted onto his cheeks and and you could just see he was fighting something back and and he began to move and and move and and move and then all of a sudden we just started praying more and more and more, you could just feel that there was this this deep feeling that was about to burst forth an emotional reaction, this connection was starting to happen this encounter with Jesus and then this kid started to, to just, just started to dance a little bit and he and just started to dance a little bit more and just started to dance a little bit more and a little bit more and all of a sudden this kid is in full di- 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 like there was a DJ playing this kid is going after Jesus just praising God and all of a sudden you could see his friends were up the, up the back just looking at it, going, what's going on with this kid he's only 14 what's happening and all of a sudden little by little they're, they're like they, they came a little bit closer little bit closer and a little bit closer and they came down in the front and literally like a magnet they were absorbed into the presence of God and one by one they started to praise God one by one they started to be undignified being set free encountering Jesus and I'm telling you in that moment it was groundbreaking it was like the earth shook it was like the 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 shifting of the of the atmosphere everything started to change everything started to move man, people were coming down signs and wonders and miracles started to pop man God was having his way why because God meant a kid started to praise the Lord and everything broke through and God is saying with you today will you today do something would you make a decision to praise your way forward into the destiny of God would you make a decision say, I'm not going to be that Christian that doesn't praise with a praise that makes sense. I'm not going to be that Christian that just lays low and uh, man, there's no more time for silent praise. There's no more time for a praise that squawks. There's no more time for a praise that's limited by hands raised halfway. It has to be a praise that's expressed. A praise that breaks through. A praise that says, God you deserve all of me and nothing but me. If you want to get out of your seat come down to the front come on lay your spirit of heaviness at the front and pick up your garment of praise I'm talking to you maybe you've never made a step out of your seat and come down to the front now is the time someone up the back up the back get out of your seat God's calling you get out of your seat God's calling you come on